whiskey. Welcome to the Whiskey Underground. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the BSEA Whiskey Underground. We're here tonight in the secret speakeasy to relax and enjoy one of the finest man-made creations on earth, whiskey. Brant. What's happening? Man, it is, uh, it is hot as hell. And it is. Ordinarily, that doesn't make you want to drink whiskey, but I just, I'm so down for this right now. I mean, always a good time to drink whiskey, but I, I agree, the, the warm weather is not encouraging uh, whiskey cocktails, unless, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of great whiskey cocktails you can make over ice. I mean, I, I know a couple weeks ago we had mint juleps, and that's that's right up the uh, the hot weather. Oh, yeah, uh, that was that was we, vibe. I think we consensually uh, agree that that was probably the best hot weather whiskey cocktail. Uh, without, a, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what did Chris call it? Sweet tea, like an adult sweet tea. Adult sweet tea. And yeah. then and then Sydney called it the uh, the male version of a Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, it it was it's definitely very very good. But tonight we're we're back to normal. We're drinking some some whiskey neat, and we're we're gonna start tonight. We're gonna do two from the same distillery, Peerless uh, Distillery. It's an interesting, uh, interesting story. They've really come up the last couple of years as kind of this new, uh, this new thing. I mean, since what 2014? Um, yeah, I mean, so pretty. I mean, I guess it's kind of crazy because it's like fairly new but really old. Yeah, that, like like they were. Makes a, yeah, they were around in the 1800s. They were one of the one of the first 50 distilleries in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean. Um, I, I always look now whenever I'm looking at products I don't know um, or even I look for on products I do know of just to kind of see where they're at in the timeline. But yeah, these I mean these guys hold um, DSPKY 50. So I mean the 50th uh, distillery in, in Kentucky to actually mm-hmm. have a distilled spirits plant uh, official number. official number yeah. yeah which is pretty uh, which is pretty cool. So, and they were, um, I mean, right in the middle of uh, Whiskey Row era, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, yeah, right, right in downtown Louisville. Yeah. So, so now this right is downtown Louisville. this is two brothers that kind of took this place over what about six years ago, and and they really wanted to to turn this from kind of a an afterthought brand that had kind of that had basically almost died out. I mean, this was literally a dying brand and. No one really had heard of it, and they decided, you know what, we're going to put our heart and soul into this. We are going to make this a craft distillery. And I'll tell you what, they've come a long, long way in six years. Yeah. Um, what's cool is the brothers are actually um, fourth, it says fourth and fifth generation. Actually, it's a father-son. Oh, father-son. Um, yeah. Corky is the father. Cor- uh, Carson is the son. So it's, it's fourth and fifth generation 
um, family from the original family that owned the distillery. So it's kind of cool. I think that is why they were able to to keep that DSP number, even though they weren't continually op- operating. Um, I think they kind of lobbied for that. But look, the the freaking uh, timeline and the story behind this is massive. Not even enough possible enough time for us to go through all this and oh, no, uh, in no. an episode. But pretty pretty cool time timeline, like you said, dating all the way back from I mean mid uh, mid eighteen hundreds. And then it, it so it, it looks like Scott. I mean, it's distillery becomes distillery downtown Louisville and works all the way up through kind of prohibition. Yeah, tons of success. I mean, in nineteen thirteen, the distilling company had fifty workers, was producing ten thousand barrels a year in the early nineteen hundreds. Um, prohibition hits, um, and they they by nineteen seventeen. They were running at peak production, making 200 barrels a week, more than 2,300 barrels a year, and they had 63, I mean, uh, 23,000 barrels a year and 63,000 barrels in storage. And then they had to cease production because of prohibition. Yeah, and that that really caused them to kind of uh, slow down and, and, and really just, you know, kind of almost kind of die out. But... They've, uh, you know, right now I think the Kentucky distillery numbers are ranging in the twenty thousands. I think they're up to twenty thousand distillery numbers that have been uh, issued, yeah. and they're number fifty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is pretty, which is pretty crazy. Um, they did get a federally bonded warehouse. They they did. I think they kind of fought through the whole, um, tried to fight through the whole by prescription mm-hmm. prohibition. Um, Sustained Great Depression, all that kind of stuff, and then um, right at right in the mid to late 30s, the kind of era ended, um, and they the original owner Henry, I think it's Craver, passes away, and pretty much the distillery shuts down. They stop stop whiskey production. So from 1938 um, until March of 2014, there's just a gap in in the history and that's, so nothing and, nothing went and on and that is such a long gap for for a distillery to not have any production and, and we're not talking like one building and like a warehouse I mean the property that they have on Whiskey Row is a 115 year old building it is massive and they have uh, they have a whole good just chunk of land that they have dedicated I mean they you look at their uh, you look at their website and they've got a map. They've got uh, what four four different aging warehouses, and I mean yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's huge. It's a big it's a big distillery. They have uh, four different uh, aging warehouses: a drying warehouse, engine house, a bonded warehouse, bottling house. I mean, it's not small. It's not small at all. No, Matt. Pretty pretty massive uh, massive up. Op- Operation, so like I said, kind of crazy. And then these guys, fourth and fifth generation, um, kind of uncover this legacy and um, get to rebuilding. And um, they basically built, basically built a new peerless uh, distillery. Um, but it was in, I think it's in a building that's in downtown Louisville that either. 
I should really say if it, if it was on the same property, where was that? But basically they're in downtown Louisville in a 115-year-old building mm -hmm. um, that they basically restored and made this distillery out of. And they're in, on their own Whiskey Road, they're right by, I know they're right by Old Forster and a bunch of the other big cats that are right there on Whiskey Road. Now they use a continuous copper coffee still to do their whiskey. Uh, so tonight, let's see, we've got two, two of their um, offerings tonight. We have the uh, Peerless Rye three year and the small batch bourbon. We get to taste both of those. What do you want to start with? So we're, let's start with the rye because this is the this is the first product that they came to market with whenever they re relaunched. So all right, first thing they did was they they made this rye. Um, let's see, barrel number one is filled March fourth, 20, 2015, and then um, it's basically released. Three years to the day, actually. Yeah, and in, uh, in seven in seventeen. So three-year-old rye is released in twenty seventeen, and they still make this this three-year-old rye. And man, I just opened this bottle, and I'm just like, it, it, poof! You can just you can smell. It's such a ooh yeah, that smells really good. It's such a it's a cool looking bottle too. It's very medicinal. Like it looks like an man. old medicine bottle. And if you find one of these, I mean, it stands out on the shelf, and I can tell you this, this is like, uh, I don't know who we've said before, but this is like the John Hammond. This is the spare no expense. Oh, yeah. This bottle, this bottle is a freaking work of art. The, the 750 milliliter bottle, it definitely has that retro look. The cork stopper on it is, is metal. Um, you know, it's got a metal kind of top to the, the a real cork. Mm -hmm. It's not a synthetic. It's got an actual, looks like, looks like a real cork. Uh, Stopper and it's it is a beast What's, of a bottle. And it, feel, it looks and feels like a heavy cork too. It is a heavy, yeah, a heavy cork. Um, and then out the rye, I have a little 200 milliliter um, size in the rye, and it's even got a you know real wood top, real cork, uh, real cork wooden topper, and it's kind of got that medicine bottle look, big big lip flange. Mm -hmm. So the packaging's awesome. I love the kind of uh, you know 45 degree kind of badge. Um, sash, yeah. you know, almost like a uh, old school county fair kind of, uh, you know, grand prize or, you know. Yeah, everything that this thing has going on is just, it's working. It's really working yeah. for me. I mean, obviously, most of the whiskey presentation is in the packaging, and it really stands to, to reason that if you have a good, a nicely packaged product, you're already starting off the right foot. Now, it's not going to make for a, for a crap whiskey in the bottle, but at the end of the day, if you look at that package, you feel good about that whiskey, you're most likely going to like it. And that's, I mean, look, and you, you have to think that in, they launched with this bottle um, in 2017 and must have thought really highly about their liquid because, like I said, good God, they invested a shitload of money in packaging along before the first customer or consume, a consumer got to taste this. Mm -hmm. and it's not like they said... Oh, you know, we got all this money wrapped up into it. Let's go cheap with a generic bottle. We just, you know, we import from the same people that are making a Grey Goose bottle and slap a label on it, or same, you know, bottle as Buffalo Trace or whatever we can buy in bulk. Put a label on it. I mean, they got a custom bottle. I mean, that only can be used by them. It's, I mean, it's got, it's got like raised marks and crazy indentations and you know, special lettering at the bottom of the glass. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got their uh, 
Tour, it says Tour Peerless Distillery at the bottom, and it has their address in Louisville, Kentucky, made in the USA, on the bottom of the, the bottle. Like I said, it's a one-off, one-off bottle. Somebody was awfully, uh, awfully proud of their product whenever they launched this. So, let's get in it, Scott. All right. Look, I mean, looking at the color on this thing, it's a nice, it's a nice golden, uh, copper color. I mean, it looks like a copper still. It is, and then for a three-year, you know, three-year ride, nothing crazy age. There's not a ton of rides out there that have big age statements, anyway. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's kind of reminds me of on the color, kind of reminds me of the Willet Family Reserve, that four-year-old rye. Uh, yeah. A good and pretty decent dark, dark rich color for something that's three years old. All right, get in that nose here. Ooh. See, and it's and it's 109 proof, but it doesn't. It's not ethanol-y at all. I find. I mean, I think it's it's got great. You can smell the ethanol. I mean, it's there, but it's not like punch you in your nose. It's not Stag Junior high. I mean, 109 is pretty high. Yeah. So non-chill filtered, just like you like it. Um, yeah. And it's also crazy because they kind of tout that they use a sweet mash, not a, instead of a sour mash, right. so strictly sweet mash. And from what I gather, instead of a sour mash where you ha sour mash where you have an old strain of yeast right. that, that continues to roll over, a sweet is where you have a perfect purposeful designed recipe of yeast that you start fresh with every single time to make sure it is they say even more consistent than I don't know you know your sour mash people are going to say the longevity well but they make sure it starts with the exact amount the exact same amount every single time it's exactly you know exactly the same right now and now people are asking what is what is the difference between sweet and sour mash sour mash basically think of it like sourdough bread you're kind of leaving behind some of this mash to restart the fermentation process uh to the next batch you just kind of continuously keep that fermentation process going uh just like you would sourdough bread you know sourdough bread you use you throw back into the uh, starter or the or the mother dough pile and I think I'm pretty sure if I correct me if I'm wrong, but every sour every strain of sourdough stems from like one sourdough bread in San Francisco somewhere. I know that I don't I don't I, know. I thought so I, that, I heard that, that, I thought I heard that somewhere. The reason why it's called like a sour mash yeah. or something is because it can't come from a sourdough yeah. bread. I mean, look, it could be, and I get the I get the whole keeping the lineage thing when you're a Jim Beam or a Jack Daniels mm -hmm. or a whatever. Or look, if they would have had a wheat, the wheat strain from the you know mid 1800s, it'd be cool as shit to kind of keep that rolling. But I get it. They they're all about control and putting out the perfect product. And I was gonna say I, I could talk at length about this because this is actually besides the Four Roses non-chill filtered like this is a new whiskey that has me like so pumped up and the, and the distillery itself is pretty pretty awesome oh, yeah. and cool story so I could talk and nauseam about it but I guess some of the things they, they do are pretty cool and, and kind of different now so. I mean the reason most 
most distillers go with the sour mash because it is consistent. You're, you're going to get a consistent fermentation every single time. And if the sweet mash goes wrong, you throw out that entire batch. It's just gone. It's a waste. It's down the tubes. So that's why most places do the sour mash because consistency. And when you're yeah. when you're trying to make whiskey consistently over the course of a full year, uh, especially when you're first starting out, you can't afford to just throw away whiskey. So, so I, but I guess I don't know. And I, have to, I may have to do more, more digging, but I, I, I think the reason the the sweet mass is because they just have, I guess, they do have more control over each individual batch. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. But um, it, it doesn't imply any like sweeter whiskey or more no, bitter whiskey. No, no, it yeah. has nothing to do with that. So, correct. Uh, let's get in the nose on this thing. I get a, I get a little bit of like I mean the rye grain is pretty upfront. It, you get the dill, you get the eucalyptus, that spicy rye grain. So, sour mash is used because there's less that can go go wrong. Right. The, the sweet mash. Um, there's no back set in the fermentation process. It's cooked grains, added yeast, and then let it fer- fermentate completely through without any pre-fermented yeast or anything like that. So, hmm. so man, this is just—I mean, to me, for a rye, super well, well balanced, right? I mean, yeah, you have a little bit of that, a little bit of that kind of kitchen spice. There's brown sugar. There's a lot. Man, to me, there's a lot of like, just toasted, like some toasted wood, toasted oak, but not like charred. Yeah, there's. So, I get like a little bit of fruitiness to it, like almost like a, a, a slight citrus, not but not like orange or lemon, but more like a little bit of like grapefruit actually, and. There is definitely some like toasted oak, not charred oak, but toasted. It's it's a pretty, it's a pretty good nose for a rye. Yeah, I mean, normally when I drink a rye, the first thing I'm getting is cinnamon and uh, eucalyptus and dill, and that is just basically everything that is in a rye whiskey to me. But this has. I don't feel like this has no, that. Like it, this, this would be hard for me to pinpoint. Like if you just, if I just smelled it straight up, it'd be hard for me to say this is a rye. Pound cake. That's what it smells like. I can see. I can see. It's kind of like I said. It just kind of got that sweet, you know, yeah, sweet spice. It smells like a buttered pound cake, like a brown butter pound cake. That's pretty good. Yeah. It does. It does kind of have a grapefruit too. Yeah, there is a there. Is, it's a pretty lively nose. Um, interesting. All right, let's uh, let's try it. Yeah. Let's try it. Wow. See now, on the tongue, it definitely has that little eucalyptus deal. You can tell it's rye oh, when it yeah. gets on the tongue. This is. Uh, First of all, this is like an explosion of fall spices in your mouth. So, and I think <laughs> the the nose is one thing. That when it hits your tongue, it's like boom. This is like a vanilla, apple, cinnamon, 
just spice bomb exploding in your mouth. And, and not in a bad way. It's really, really good. Not at all hot. Most rice, you get that cinnamony spice and kick, um, which is why rye, rye cocktails are so prevalent because you do get a good amount of spice that, le- that kind of leans forward into the sweet vermouth that, or the Angostura bitters that you're adding into the, uh, to the cocktail. This is just ridiculous vanilla and caramel spiked with cinnamon and pepper. That's... I about to say, definitely cinnamon and pepper. Yeah, this is nicely rye bready, not overly dill pickle, but perfectly, perfectly rye. Wow. That's a solid, solid palate. I'll get definitely some definitely mint. I mean, there's something kind of. And this definitely has a thick, thick mouth. Maybe kind of thick finish. Oh yeah, it's definitely got a long, thick finish. Hmm. Like yeah, it just it like coats your coats your mouth. So this is new ch- new charred American oak. That's that's this is going into you know standard bar- bourbon barrel, um, and it's got that like as I work through the palate, on the back of it you do get that nice charred woody flavor, uh, not overly woody but a good woodiness to it. Yeah, I mean. This is a. This is definitely a taster. This is and look. This is not. This is one I would say. This is not a. This is not like that. Will it? You, you know. You don't. I wouldn't make a Manhattan with this. I think, no. I mean, I think you could. You could obviously, but you, you, uh, this has got a lot of flavors that you don't want to disguise. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely not one I would want to. I, I would make a cocktail with this, but this is not one would be used specifically for cocktails. Not like my Rittenhouse. Not like. Um, uh, some of the other ryes, bullet rye. Uh, I, I wouldn't regularly use this in a cocktail. This is just too good to drink neat. Or too good not to drink neat, I should say. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of green apple on that palate the more I taste it. See, and I, I can get even some, and maybe from the the new charred oak, but like even some classic bur- like so there's like a little bit of vanilla, mm-hmm. a little bit of chocolate to the palate, caramel. It seems a little more rounded than what I envision. I think think that I'm gonna get whenever I drink um, a rye meat. I'm actually I'm gonna put another little splash and maybe add. A, Little water yeah, too. I'm gonna add a little water. See what happens. Because I will say the finish on this very long. Uh, I, and, and yeah. thick and thick and creamy yeah. is what I wrote. This is where it, it's got more of that rye finish. It's got a a good note of rye spice, uh, green apple, clove, tobacco, and that little tiny touch of oak and caramel. Um, it, it's it's definitely not over oaked, but you can tell it's got oak. Like I really like this one. A 
let that uh, let that water uh, wake this thing up and see what happens to it. A little more of that rye spice that comes forward on the nose now. Yeah, now it's got more of that like eucalyptus and dill. Yeah. Kind of sweetens it out, actually. It does. It kind of, um, man, you said sweet. It's like... It's, it's almost like a brown sugary now. Mm-hmm. That's, uh... Or it brings out that pound cake kind of and dried, dried fruit. I still get that kind of grapefruit kind of present. Yeah, yeah, the grapefruit is still present on the nose. Um, I don't get any of that on the uh, on the palate, but the pound cake really comes forward. It, it definitely sweetens up the whiskey, sweetens it, makes it a little more um, fruity and a little bit more of that caramel and vanilla flavor. But still a great creamy finish. Uh, honestly, I can't tell what I like more when it's got straight up neat or a little splash of water. I kind of like them both. They're definitely, they're definitely different, but I think that the water kind of brings out, it actually brings out kind of sweetness to the rye where it's a little, it's a little drier. Still pretty deep mouthful, but a little drier, Mm -hmm. which kind of sounds, sounds crazy when you add water, it's not as dry. but, uh, But, I don't know, I like it. Yeah, I would, I, I honestly think I, if I, Get, if I ever find a bottle of it on the shelf, which is hard to find. I've seen it once or twice here and there. Um, I think I would probably pour pour this neat and and you know drop a little uh, you know little te- eighth of a teaspoon of water in there. So what I got working here yeah. about on the shelf. This is quarter teaspoon. This rye is a, is easily going to be a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I think. And up. I think the last time I did see it, it was like one twenty five. So Super expensive ride. It is. It is definitely going to be a price, uh, a price point that you, you don't want to miss. But like I said, they. It, so, price on this does range anywhere from ninety to one hundred and thirty dollars. I, I, I would say don't pass it up. I think oh. that you're going to want to try this at some point. I mean, this is. There aren't many really, really good rye whiskeys that I would advocate spending a good amount of money on because most of the time, again, I don't drink rye meat on, on a regular basis. It's not my thing. But if you love rye whiskey, if that's your thing, this is definitely one you got to have. Yeah, I mean, and it, uh, you know, it's this one um, whiskey advocate. It's number 50, one number 15 in 2017, mm-hmm. um, the year it was released, uh, number 15 in the world. Or 15 of their rank of whiskey. I guess they do a top 20. So 15 of their top 20 the first year it was out. I mean, pretty good, pretty good marks. I don't know if it's got any other, uh, if they tout any other awards for this thing yet. Um, but, I mean, all in all, super solid. I mean, this is like, this is a whiskey you could drink alongside your most precious bourbons yeah yeah i mean this stands up to you know things like bookers things like 
um, you know, little book. It, it really does stand up to the high quality craft craft made bourbons. So with that in mind, yep. Brant, what's the number that you put on this one? Uh, it's been a minute, so I'm gonna have to go back and kind of get my get my bearings. Um, do we have? I don't have too many rise. So Rittenhouse, we had an, I gave an 88. I gave Willett, I think it's 86. I'm gonna give this a 90. Okay. I think it's be, it's better it's better than both of those. It's it's not like absolutely I'm gonna drink this every every night, but um, probably the best rye I've had. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think that as far as uh, as far as rye's go, I I don't see another rye. Man, I tell you, the only one I think. Go ahead, you go, you finish, and I'll I'll tell you what. I, Okay, I, I don't think that this is, I think this is probably the best rye that I've tasted. And we've had a few, you know, Ragtime Rye, Hudson Maple Cask, Midwinters. All right, I'll tell you what. My initial score right off the bat without looking at anything and seeing what I've scored other things, this got an 89. But looking back what I've scored things, Willett got a 91. I, I think you're right. I think this is a 90. This is a, a solid 90. So I'm going to give it a little bump for that. Um, now, all that being considered, some of those others that I gave in the 90s, like Midwinters, uh, it's, it's the same price point. So I'm going to say 90 is a is my score, and 90 bucks for this would be welcome because I would pay 90 bucks for Midwinters, and I would pay 90 dollars for this too. So the only ride that I would say. Would give this. I was looking to try to find it in the book that I would say would maybe give this a run for its money is the Jack Daniels single barrel. Oh ride, yeah, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal, and I could drink that as a daily drinker. It was. And that's in the sixty-five range, amazing. I think. Probably yeah, yeah in there. Um, I mean, I did give Midwinters a ninety-three. Um, Midwinters is really good though. Yeah, so that's that's up there. Um, and you know what I kind of noticed about about like the ratings for the rise, the rise that kind of disguise themselves as not solely a rye whiskey. Uh, you know, unlike unlike yeah, Rittenhouse, yeah. unlike um, Bullet Rye, where they're basically where rye whiskey, it's going to be that rye breadiness. You're going to taste that eucalyptus and dill. The ones that we gave high scores to were the ones that had that spice forward, complex plums and fruity notes to it as well. So this is right up there. Excellent. It is. A very, damn, pretty damn this is a very good whiskey. Again, Peerless Rye, three-year-old. I think they're single-barrel release usually, so if you find it, uh, definitely definitely give it a try. I, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. All right, so to their next offering, this is the Small Batch Bourbon. Not not single barrel, but small batch. And again, small batch right. means absolutely nothing. It's just a marketing label. It means there's no quantification of what makes a small batch because there are small batches that run, uh, you know, a thousand barrels as a small batch. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing to note what what the uh, 
the batch size yeah. is, but um, completely marketing based. But still, peerless small batch bourbon. Um, let's let's give this a try. Uh, oh, I'm actually drinking it in my in my peerless uh, little tulip glass. Little tulip Glencairn glass. Again, great bottle. You know, it's got that. It's almost like you know what it kind of looks like. It kind of looks like the old school jug of water with a glass bottle that would come on that like ceramic uh, basin that you had to turn over. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Cool bottling. Yeah. So this didn't. This just came out. I want to say last year was the first year that they had the bourbon. Um, the bourbon available. It wasn't. It wasn't available at the same time as the whiskey. I mean, as the rye. Um, like I said, it's their newest. Their newest offering. And um, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm pretty excited. So, um, color amber. I think it's you know amber color off the off the bat. Pretty decently dark. Do they say how old it is? I don't think they do. No, it doesn't have a. So it's, it's got to be. So it's got to be at least. It's got to be at least four if it doesn't say an age, which is a good thing. Which makes sense, right? Because they laid it down in fourteen, probably, and probably started pulling barrels in, in eighteen, late eighteen, early nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say four, four to five years. You know, most likely just north of north yeah. of four years to. Shiny penny. That's what it looks like. It looks shiny penny colored. Shiny yeah. penny. As if that's a t- t- uh, technical bourbon color, we'll call it shiny. Okay. I mean, I gotta say, it's a very, very typical uh, bourbon nose. But it does. Like, right, right, what you would expect. Yeah, it, it, to me, I, now I don't know the mash bill on this. It does, they don't list it on their website. But I'm going to say it's a high rye, mm. probably 35 mash bill. Maybe 25 mash, 25 high rye. Because I can smell a little bit of that rye breadiness. Honey. Cinnamon, uh, vanilla, brown sugar, sweet corn. But there is a note of rye whiskey. So it's probably got to be a, a high rye bourbon, which is probably 25, 20 to 25 on that one. Man, so I'm reading 70, 15, and 15, and it's saying it's, this can't be right. It's, it's online it's saying 70 corn, 15 wheat, 15 rye, which would mean it would have to use um, enzymes for fermentation, and I just can't imagine Well, if they're that. doing sweet mash, and it, I don't, does it say if this is sweet mash or sour yeah. mash? Because if they're doing sweet mash, they can do the enzymes for fermentation. It's sweet, it's sweet, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, it probably is 70, 15, 15. So a good, a good weeded though. But then they're not, they're not claiming it as a weeded. As a weeded. Yeah, vanilla, caramel oak, right up front. Interesting, interesting. It's a little bit of orange actually, but more like like the orange zest, that orange marmalade, that bitter orange. 
it is. It definitely has a lot of that kind of dried fruit orange uh, in it, but super, I mean, like I said, super classic bourbon notes on the nose. And this is non-chill filter, no color, no water um, added. It's barrel proof, so they do they do something different too. And the the rye is barrel. Uh, pretty sure it's barrel proof also. So what they do is they cut it before it goes in the barrel. Okay. So most people distill, pour in the barrel, and then proof it down when they take it out of the barrel. They actually proof it down before it goes in the barrel, and then whatever. Whatever Angel Share takes uh, from it, however it comes out of the barrel, is what it's put in the bo in the, the bottle at, and that may be why you see some variation too uh, per batch on the, the right. proof. Um, it's just because whatever Angel Share took from this batch so an is what you what ultimately you get. if you were going to quantify a small batch, this is actually what a small batch is, where they make it in batches, and you know for this run of ten thousand bottles. It's 54.45% or 54 point something percent because they don't proof it down afterwards. That's more small batch than you can hope for because most times small batch is just, we're doing this small batch, meaning we run it from January 1st to February, 3rd, or February 28th, and that's our small batch for this run. Like Elijah Craig's small batch is a lot. Well, I mean, our same thing, yeah. B Booker's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's batch one of this yeah. year however long they yeah um long so this, one, yeah. this one's pretty pretty good on the nose at least all right let's get in the palate here also very notable for a four-year-old whiskey mm. i've got a note that immediately upon tasting it was came right to the front. And I'm going to stop there because I'm going to take more. But cherry cola. Yeah. That, it's got a... This definitely has a cola thing happening. The first... Literally the first instant I took a sip, it tasted like cherry Coca-Cola. Like really good caramel, a little bit of vanilla, and just a cheriness, like a, a, a cherry, not cherry cough syrup, but a nice cherry, a dark cherry flavor. That is, that is excellent off one drink. Yeah, dark, dark fruit, dark oak, and then, so you said cherry cola, but I almost feel like it's, it's definitely got a candied, um, I was reading one review which kind of jogged my brain, but um, cinnamon candies, yeah. you know. It definitely has that, like, candied cherry, candied, uh, not as, like, spicy as Red Hots, but it's got that Red Hot, like, sweet right, and right, cinnamon. Right. That is excellent, man. Again, not far off from the nose to the palate, which is a good sign. That's what you can hope for. It's always a little disconcerting when you you nose a drink and you get all these wonderful notes and then the palate just does not reciprocate. So it's nice to kind of flow naturally right. through. And look, to me, it's got the finish. It's got enough burn to let you know it's 110 proof. 
but not lighting you on fire. Um, it's not. It's it's almost like a little bit of like a moonshine white dog uh, finish where it's got that sweet corn, but a, just a kick of ethanol that lets you know this thing is this it's coming in hot. Yeah. We gotta get a we gotta get some white dog and try that on the on the show. We haven't done that yet. Man, I've been wanting to try to find that the the damn Buffalo Trace like those, you know Buffalo Trace they had them and I don't know if you can find them. You probably have to find a store that just had them left, but you could buy mash one, mash mm-hmm. two, and like rye mash like the the mash bill distilled spirits that were unaged. Yeah, this is this is really really good. Um, finish, uh, you know. Again, going from the classic bourbon on the nose, that cherry cola, dark fruit, sweetness on the palate, to kind of, again, the same sweetness. It, it, this one flows naturally. This is like a storybook. Start to finish, it tells a good story, and it all flows through together. It's not like chapter one, there are characters in you know, Kentucky, and then cap, chapter two, he's in Montenegro. Yeah. <laughs> this is excellent. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's got a, I think it's got a thick, you know, it's got a pretty solid mouthfeel, mid, mid finish. I mean, I get some, I said, you get all those, those classic notes, but you do have that, I, I'm torn between the cinnamon, the cherry, it, it's, you know, like I said, it's got that orange on the, the nose, it's kind of has that hint of like, it's, it's already, um, kind of a cocktail it's got it's got sweet it's got spicy it's got savory it's you know it's got woodsy it's kind of all all the pillars um mixed in the you know mixed into one yeah well round well very well rounded this is very very good really rich and i gotta say you know the mouthfeel is nice rich and creaminess like vanilla custard almost good bourbon this, this is definitely a one that you, you pour, sit back on the couch, relax, watch some TV, and just, you know, tune in, drop out, and explode. Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of those bottles that I, I, I found two, and I'm to the bottom of one, and I'm just scared to open the second one because it, it went all too, the first one went all too quick. I'm going to add a little more, and I'm going to do the water thing here. Just a tiny, right. tiny bit more. I'll tell you what. Right now, I think I'm gonna enjoy this as it is. More. I'm not sure if I'm gonna like the water, but I do it for science. Definitely doesn't feel like 54 percent. For four-year-old, I mean, you talk about other four-year-old whiskeys. As we let this water kind of sit in. Four-year-old whiskeys, Buffalo Trace, four to six. Woodford Resort, four to six. Um, the price on this is about 75 bucks. It's not a bad price point for it. Yeah. It's pretty reasonable. It's cheap. It's, it's less than the than the rye, which is which is kind of surprising. I don't know why there's, I mean, like there's, I mean, hell, a, a, a 30 to $60 difference you know, obviously depending on where you buy it in the rye whiskey and the bourbon that's kind of interesting nose doesn't change too much with the water 
Brings out a little more of the spice. On the nose, it doesn't really... It doesn't really do much. It doesn't change much. Mm -hmm. I, I still get... Yeah, honestly, old-fashioned drugstore cherry cola, like where the guy would make the sodas in front of you. Yeah, like... like Real syrup, real yeah, flavor. This is this is really yeah. good. I gotta find a bottle of this. Mm. The water brings that out more. Wow. I really like that one. That's you know that's nice. You know because I I don't drink a ton of soda, soda, and when I do, it's usually Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke. It's just you know I'm getting to, I'm getting to be forty. Gotta wash the figure. But cherry cola is like one of my one of those like things that you don't get it often. But when you get it, it's like, oh my god, why have I not? Why do I not have one of these every day of my life? Love this one. A good cherry bourbon is few and far between. And you know, we've talked about uh, Widow Jane had like a very cherryness to it. The the Woodford Double Oak mm -hmm. had a beautiful cherry flavor to it. And wood and and these cherry. Cherry bourbons just do an, an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And this one, like I said, this was to to me, it's it's when I, it's when I find a bourbon that's super complex, but the complexity of it still is in the realm of what I expect out of a bourbon, right? I mean, um, you know, you you can taste the complexity of a whiskey, but when it drags you so far from what you're expecting a bourbon. A bourbon to be, it kind of gets a little oddball, a little, you know, it kind of gets off, and those things aren't as attractive. I, I like whenever something still reminds me of a bourbon, and it still hits all, you know, it jogs all those uh, those flavors. Those the it's got caramel, it's got candy, candied fruit, and like you said, the cola. But I still can taste wood, you no know, oak wood in it, and it still has got a little sweetness, you know, sweetness of corn in there. So it's got all those big flavors but it's really broad um i mean i think it's fantastic yeah so uh with this it's gonna be high for me i really really enjoyed this one so i'm gonna go with a 92 on this one i mean this gets up there with uh old forester's 1910 and i think that's a really good comparison for this one because i remember yeah. that having a good a good cherry note um and same thing with uh, with Widow Jane. This was this was a really really good good punch of cherry uh, cherryness, uh, a good dark fruit, dark wood spices, but also mixed with that classic bourbon sweet corn vanilla. Like this is like when you go to that Coke freestyle machine and you you pick cherry Coke and then you add vanilla to it. A, a really really good dude, really good bourbon. It's good. So I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm with you. I uh, I'm gonna give it a 90, 93, which is yeah. It's, I agree. It's, it's on par with nineteen ten. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and honestly, probably it's just difficult. To absolutely find. worth the high score. This is a hidden gem. Yeah, the the um, rye is fantastic. The bourbon, you, you if if you got to take a payday loan. You know, get it whenever you if you see it. Yeah, yeah. The um, rye is the rye. I think would be a once in a maybe once a year thing. This this peerless uh, small batch bourbon at seventy five dollars. Yeah, you're gonna pay a little extra for it. Um, but again, it's craft it's craft bourbon. I mean, 
You're going to go a little bit above and beyond. I mean, you think of the $75 range, you think um, you're getting into Booker's is 89 Um the high west craft stuff is probably in that $75 range. It's it's a good price point for it. Oh yeah. I mean I mean and look there's stuff out there that's way less quality than this that's way higher priced and to think this is actually distilled 100% at this distillery. And like I said, I think the biggest nod I've told people before maybe even talked about it on the show. I mean, these guys built a distillery from scratch in this in downtown Louisville all this packaging worked on all this stuff spent all this money laid down product and literally waited three years before they could put their rye out four years before they could put this out I mean Scott could you imagine if you and I had a project we started had to sit and fucking wait for four years before the first yeah I mean the first return the first dime the first taste the first the first anything you just Oh, we had all this fun. We built this distillery. We, we laid down this bourbon, and then it's just a fucking three. Meal. Did we screw three up? Three years screw- later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did we screw up? Is there going to be a storm? Is there going to be a pandemic? Yeah. Like what? You know what's what's going to happen? Like hats off to these guys for doing it because most people would have spent all that money, went to MGP, and said, "Hey, I'm trying to make this. Give me some juice to sell now." under my label while I wait for my own and that's you know, that's exactly own. what almost everybody has done everybody who started a craft distillery yeah. what they do is the first the first three to four years they go to MGP they say here's what we're trying to do here's what our mash is here's what our we're doing a sweet mash we're doing this we're doing that that's what we want to put out full time but in the meantime we got to put something out because we got to have something so what can you give us that that creates this and then we'll put out this special release for the first three years and then we'll switch over to our regular stuff they didn't do any of that they literally said hey quality over quantity let's do our thing make whiskey and wait and you know patience is a virtue and you know Taylor Taylor father son was it Chuck and Corky 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 and Corey Corky and Corey Corky, you guys, Something. Corky and Carson, or Carson, yeah, Corky Carson. and Carson. Patience is a virtue, and you guys are virtuosos. This was excellent, yeah. excellent, very, very well worth the wait. Good on you know, good on them for for doing it right, doing it old school. You know, because when for when sure. Jim Beam first started his distillery, he didn't have MGP. Think about that one. No. So uh, Corky, by the way, Corky is responsible for uh, the barrel on this one. He uh, apparently he tested, I'm reading he tested 42 different barrels for this whiskey. The the barrel that they the hold cooperage, it in, yeah. like who's the cooperage? The cooperage. Oh damn, that's, that's a lot of wood. <laughs> that's yeah, well yeah. He's a wood yeah, lover. Yeah, he loves his wood. All right, well look, these these have been two really good whiskeys. Um, I know. Guys, I know we're not following our schedule. We have, we put our schedule on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BSEA podcast. We're going to get back to regular scheduled programming after, you know, things have died down. Uh, As most of you guys know, uh, I'm building a house that is finishing up and I can't tell you something. Or I can't tell you that I never, ever, ever want to do construction again. (laughs) Uh... 
there, my buddy, my buddy the other day was telling me, he's like, there are three things that test a marriage and test a, uh, a man's patience. One is uh, infidelity, two is death of a child, and three is construction. And I really think that construction might be above the infidelity thing. <laughs> above the other two, yeah. It's, it's you know what, it's, uh, it's a process that I never want to go through again, so... Uh, we will get back to that. We're, we're almost finished with that. I can, I can safely say that we are in the clear, and it's just kind of, you know, limping down the home stretch kind of thing. But we'll get back to our regular scheduled programming. In the meantime, we'll still have some fun with Bourbon, and we'll still uh, come down to the speakeasy to get away from all the, all the day-to-day drama. Well, yeah. So, no, it was, it was good. Um, like I said, I love. Love the distillery, love the stories, love, I mean, love the freaking, I don't know what you want to call it, the, just the determination um, of these guys to go out and, and rehash this, this brand and cut no corners, and I think they made a damn good, a damn good product, and I wish, I can't wait to see what else they come up with um, in the future, for sure. I know they do have a single barrel program, uh, Scott, so they are doing single barrel selection. Oh, Nice. So, nice. So there are single barrel programs available, so that's kind of uh, kind of interesting as well to see where where that goes. Well, that's good. I mean, I I, I think so. you know any distillery worth their salt should have a single barrel program because I think as we've tasted different distilleries, as, we, as we've kind of gone through the gamut of the big boys, oftentimes that single barrel just has a little bit of nuance that you're not going to find on a regular batch program the way where they've kind of created a consistent flavor and made everything taste, you know, amalgamous. So, well, good to uh, good to taste some imperialist stuff. Uh, if it's if you're if you're looking out for it, keep an eye out for it because honestly, this is really really good stuff that you don't want to miss. This was uh, your first taste. My first of anything peerless. Anything, anything peerless, yeah. And uh, I can promise you, uh, my eye will be tuned to find this again. Either or. Don't care. I'm buying one of them. Yep. Good deal. This is actually, I may keep, uh, I may keep this bottle and uh, an infinity bottle. It actually, I got one little. That would be a good one to do. See, the, pro- the problem is I don't know if I want to waste this sip. I may drink this sip and then just use the bottle to start uh, an infinity bottle. Yeah. Maybe maybe do because I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. It waste looks this like you got about an ounce and a half in there. I would do like a, I would do yeah. like a half ounce pour, or like a, yeah, yeah, leave just like a little tiny bit in there to kind of start your infinity bottle. Because that that's a good one. That's we'll a good see. one to do it with. All right. Yeah. Well, Brent, look. Um, like I said, we're gonna get back to our regular scheduled programming soon. But in the meantime, uh, there's a bunch of other uh, short pours we're gonna start doing. Uh, we're going to get you some good stuff. I think, hopefully next month, we should be doing our Tennessee Taster series. But uh, no promises, just because we got to line some things up, and i got to get back into my uh, back into the house and get everything squared away to do it. But needless to say, that's coming soon. Um, good deal. Can't wait so, for that. So, uh, Tennessee Tasters, if you don't know, it's kind of a, it was like a three-part series that uh, that they did. Well, they still do, they, they still they release them periodically. I don't know if it's quarterly, every couple times a year, or whatever it is. But we have, I think, 
some of the first releases or at least a, I guess a congruent set of of the Tennessee Tasters yeah. I believe it'll be but it's just, it's something that you can only get at the Jack Daniels Distillery Distillery release are in the maybe there's some stores so. in around Tennessee that you can get them but it's kind of a local yeah. a local thing yeah it's local to to the Jack Daniels Distillery yeah. so yeah. Uh, in the meantime keep drinking your whiskey keep sharing it on the Facebook group uh, you know let us know what you drink we'd love to see your your nightly drink shots um, is that Brian Adams Jr. that has the glass that's like half tipped over? It, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I know it's meant to be that way. It's just every time I see it, the OCD in me just like, you're dropping your glass. Love it. Uh, I love that design. So share what's in your glass. Share what you're drinking out of. Um, love to see love to see all your bourbon. So go over to the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash BSEA podcast. Invite your friends to become part of the Secret Speakeasy, to become part of the Secret Society of Bourbon uh, enthusiasts and addicts, and uh, and make friends there. So, Brant, awesome, fun time tonight. Absolutely, Scott. I enjoyed it. Glad to be back at it. Um, unfortunately, in the warm weather, but um, you know, still good. Still enjoyed it. Uh, we, we have. Can't wait to see. What's we have good next. air conditioning out here. It's like fall. It's like yeah, fall right. weather down here. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Brant, if you came here to learn, drink what you learn. If you came here to share, share what you drink. If you came in here a stranger, may you exit a friend. And if you came here for adventure, drink up. Drink up. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>